most of you are, so uh, those of you who are out there, let's gather in and uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with thankful hearts. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have risen, God, and that you have conquered death in the grave. O grave, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And Lord, that is our reality this morning because of Jesus, because of what you have done, Lord, and I thank you for that, God. And Lord, as we're gathered this morning, God, I pray that you would be glorified this morning and that you would be lifted high. Jesus, we worship you for all that you are and and all that you've done for us, Lord. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for each one here this morning. Lord, I pray that, um, God, you would draw us to you as we worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'll open up with See What a Morning. What a morning, gloriously bright, with the dawning of hope in Jerusalem. Folded the grave clothes, tomb filled with light, as the angels announced Christ is risen. See God's salvation plan. of days through the spirit who clothes faith with certainty Christ has conquered. 
Christ is risen from the dead. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering of praise this morning. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 26, um, verses 1 through 13. It says, Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, that he said to his disciples, You know that after two days is the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. But they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him, having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring the fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. stars they wept the morning sun was dead the savior of the world was fallen his body on the cross his blood poured out for us the weight of every curse upon heaven looked away the son of god was laid in darkness a battle in the grave the war on death was waged the power of hell forever broken the ground began to shake and the stone was rolled away His perfect love could not be overcome Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected King Has rendered you defeated Forever He is glorified began to shake 
song is called I Want to Know You, and, you know, we can know Jesus because he has made a way, and that's what we're here to celebrate this morning, is to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and because of, because he rose, um, we can have his life, and we can know him. I'm so thankful for that this morning. tried in vain a thousand ways my fears to quell my hopes to raise but what I need your word has said is ever only Jesus you died you live you reign you plead there's love in all your words and deeds. This weary heart finds all it needs in ever only Jesus. Because I want to know you, Jesus. 
Jesus, my Lord, King of the heavens, King of my soul, I trade my treasure and all my rewards, Jesus, to know you. Ephesians 3:14 says for this reason I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Um, you know, we talk of the Father's love for us, and, and it's, it's knowledge, but his love is so much bigger than even our knowledge can comprehend. And uh, it's just, it's amazing. Um, let's sing How Deep the Father's Love.
How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory Behold the man upon the cross My sin upon His shoulders Ashamed I hear my mocking voice Call out among the scoffers It was my sin that held him there Until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life I know that it is I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer. alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground burn through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are still when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that 
was laid here in the death of Christ I live there in the ground his body lay light of the world by darkness lay then bursting forth Jason give a greeting earlier, but I didn't hear much of a response. He is risen. He is risen Amen. No, that was the greeting that the early church used on a regular basis when they would meet each other, not only in church, but wherever. That was their standard greeting. And, you know, ultimately, for the early church, every Sunday was Easter Sunday. That's the reason they met the first day of the week, was to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why we're here again this morning, and we've switched things up a little bit. I think it's, uh, it's not something we're required to do, but it's something that I believe is good for us to do, to help us to remember, especially today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
we talk about the uh, life of Jesus, the death, the suffering. Christmas, we celebrate his birth. All very important parts, and I don't know that you can divide them up or have one without the other, but ultimately, ultimately we know that without the resurrection, we're nothing. In the New Testament, we're told that if there's no resurrection of the dead, then our life is in vain. And so we uh, come to celebrate that here this morning. So our service is going to be a little bit different this morning. Apparently I'm going to have a guitar player helping me read the scriptures this morning. Um, after our uh, service, we do have the meal planned and a nice brunch, which uh, Dave has put a lot of effort into organizing, and thank you for that, Dave, and we'll see if uh, we can get all the guys to pitch in and, and help for that, so please stay and enjoy that time of fellowship. Um, there is coffee and some goodies and things back in the foyer. If uh, you want to make use of those uh, after our service and until the uh, brunch is ready, uh, please do that. So we're going to have a number of the men read the scripture reading. It's most of what our service is going to be this morning. Jason started out with Matthew 26, verses 1 to 13. And we're just going to go through the entirety, entirety of that story. And uh, Phil will finish that up then by reading Matthew 28. Um, if you have your bulletins, that is all. Listed, I'll start by reading Matthew 26, verses 14 through 30, and then we'll be playing a song. And then after that, we have John, Merv, Ali, Steve, and Carrie, and then I'll have a hymn. But before we do that, is uh, you know, speaking of the resurrection and the life that that gives, we have a uh, tangible reminder of new life here with us this morning. Ali and Christy and their new daughter, Annika, it is a pleasure to have you with us. I got that name right, didn't I? All right. Welcome. That's a good uh, reminder of, of new life, so it's good to have her here with us, and congratulations to you guys as her parents. We're happy to have you here. All right, let's turn to Matthew 26, and I'll start at verse 14, and so we can just, we'll just go through this, uh, you brothers that are assigned to read, just come up in your turn, again, that's, if you have your bulletin, it's there, but after the song, it'll be John, Merv, Ali, Steve, and Carrie, so just come up in your order, I won't be announcing you or anything in between there. Matthew 26. Verse 14, then one of the twelve named Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and said, what are you willing to give me to betray him to you? And they weighed out 30 pieces of silver to him. From then on, he began looking for a good opportunity to betray Jesus. 
Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare you to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is near. I am to keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. The disciples did as Jesus directed them, and they prepared the Passover. Now when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve disciples, and they were eating. He said, Truly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. Being deeply grieved, they each began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. And he answered, He who dipped his hand with me in the bowl is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man is to go, just as it is, just as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. And Judas, who was betraying him, said, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. Jesus said to him, You have said it yourself. While they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after blessing, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he gave it to them. Drink from it, all of you, for it, for it is my blood. <clears throat> for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Okay. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall offend me because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto them, Though all men shall be offended because of me, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock croweth, thou shalt deny me three times. Peter said unto him, Though I shall die with thee, yet will not, I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and find, findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What could ye what could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
He went away again and second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doeth betray me. Verse 47, um, as we continue reading. While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came up accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs who came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he who was betraying him gave them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately Judas went to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you have come for. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? How then will the scriptures be fulfilled which say that it must happen this way? At that time Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as you would against a robber? Every day I used to sit in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place to fulfill the scriptures of the prophets. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Those who had seized Jesus led him away to Cephas, the high priest, where the scribes and elders were gathered together. But Peter was following him at a distance as far as the courtyard of the high priest and entered in and sat down with the officers to see the outcome. Now the chief priests and the whole council kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus so they might put him to death. They did not find any, even though many false witnesses came forward. But later on, two came forward and said, This man stated, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. The high priest stood up and said to him, Do you not answer? What is it that these men are testifying against you? But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, you have said it yourself. Nevertheless, I tell you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has blasphemed. What further need do we have of witnesses? Behold, you have now heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They answered, He deserves death. <clears throat> then they spat in his face and beat him with their fists, and others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, you Christ. Who is the one who hit you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him and said, You too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. When he had gone out to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it 
with an oath, I do not know the man. A little later, bystanders came up and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them, for even the way you talk gives you away. Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know the man, and immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word which Jesus had said, Before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him over the, to Pilate the governor. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? See it to yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and went and hanged himself. But the chief priest, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's fields as a burial place to stra for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of, blo the field of blood to, his day, to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel. And they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, have nothing to do with this righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders per persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that, the, that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See it to yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scorched Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! 
And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink, uh, mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him, parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon the, my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watch him there, and set up over his head his accusation written, Thus is the G Jesus, the king of the Jews. Then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left hand. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, and said, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest in three days, save thyself. For thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priest, mocked, mocking him with the scribes and the elders, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of the Jews, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over the land with the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lamach sabachthi, which is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some stood there when they heard that said, the man called for Elijah, and straightened one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let, be, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twine from the top to the bottom, and earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after this resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake, and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. And many women were there behold, holding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James, and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children. When it was evening, 
there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that, how that impostor said, while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people, He has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. You think we should just end the service there? That's not a place for it to end. Here comes the best part. Let's all stand up and let's sing a song about it. It's about to get good. Let's pick up our green song books that you have underneath your chairs. If you can find one. Let's turn to number 170. Let's lift our glad voices. Sing it out. Number 170 in the green book, the Zion's Praises. Uh, see if you can find one if you can, and uh, share with your neighbor if you can't find one. Sing it like you mean it. Oh, uh, quite a few years ago, I was in an Easter choir, and there was a particular song we were singing that uh, our director wasn't convinced we were singing well enough, and we'd sing the first line, and if it didn't sound good to us, he'd stop us and say, Are you convinced? Let's sing like we're convinced. Lift your glad voices. Mm. Lift your glad voices in triumph on high. For Jesus hath risen, man shall not die. Vain were the terrors that gathered Sad. 
Now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning and his garment as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come, see the place where he is lying, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to report it to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there they shall see me. Now while they were on their way, behold, some of the guard came into the city. They must have resurrected. Some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and counseled together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, You are to say, His disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this should come to the governor's ears, we will win him over and keep you out of trouble. And they took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews and is to this day. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven 
and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, always, even to the end of the age. Turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 1. Verse 3. To these he also presented himself alive after suffering by many convincing proofs, appeared to them over a period of 40 days, and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized, immersed with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. And so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs, which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky, while he was departing, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. And they also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you watched him go into heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, chapter 15, verse 20. Actually, I'll begin in, um, in verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain, worthless, and your faith is also vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless, worth zero. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. 
You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. What a pitiful group of people. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. Verse 15. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor the perishable inherit the imperishable. But I tell you, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable. And this mortality must put on immortality. That which never dies. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable. And this mortal will have put on immortality. Then... Then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, O grave, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But, but, thanks be to God. And the church said, But, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Your toil is not worthless. Your faith is not dead. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming power. Verse 20, chapter 13. Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant promise, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us, that which is pleasing in his sight 
through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. And there it is. It is finished. He finished it for you and me. Now he has ascended there and sits and stands at the Father's right hand, making intercession for you and me right now. Any distracting thought you had here this morning, any selfish ambition, any pride or sin that so easily besets us, is there right now interceding our Heavenly Father, our advocate, First John 2, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Do you see him? Do you see him there? Lift up the eyes of your heart, dear brother, sister. Lift up the eyes of your heart and see Jesus, the ascended one, our high priest, taking all the condemnation of our sin away because he has authority to do so. He found that authority through obedience to death on the cross and from his heavenly father resurrecting him out of that grave and ascending him up on high. And today, he's the only one that has the authority to forgive my sins. The only one. You can try, but you can't clear my conscience before God. We can forgive each other, but we cannot erase the condemnation and the guilt of our sin before a holy, righteous God. He can, though. He's the only one. And he stands today, there at his Father's throne, this very moment. If any man sin. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And if we confess our sins, he is to him. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the glory of the story you heard today again. The good news of the gospel. Be like he tells us in Hebrews chapter 4. Steve and I were reading this together. Be like this. Take this good news you heard today and unite it with faith. You turn your heart and trust in him. Turn the eyes of your heart up and instead of looking into the sin within, confess it to him. Give it all to him and see Jesus. Standing there, making that intercession. And hear him say the words, My daughter, my son, your sins are all forgiven. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Come. Let me raise you up with the resurrection power my father raised me up with. And you will no longer be enslaved to fear, Hebrews 2 says, or to sin. You can serve me 
freely. Love me freely, voluntarily, because you have been loved so much. John 17, Jesus said, Just as my Father has loved me, so I love you. God bless you today with that love. And I'll finish with the words in 1 John 3. Wonderful, wonderful words. If the eyes of your eyes, of the eyes of your heart, dear friend, see this today, you'll be changed into his image. Whatever change you're longing for in your life will happen to you today. Behold, how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. And such we are. For this reason the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we shall be. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him just as he is. Mary's seen him that way at the grave and she worshiped. She was changed. All her sorrow, all of the anxiety and fears, everything she was going to do at that grave vanished in a moment when she's seen him. Can you imagine? You come to a grave. Have you ever come to a grave of someone you loved deeply? You know the journey of going to the graveyard? You know that journey. If you've come, you know the sorrow, especially if it just happened yesterday. You know the brokenness inside. Mary came that way. But the moment She's seen Jesus. Everything changed. And she worshipped. You can only worship him when you see him. The eyes of your heart. It'll change you to be like him. The disciples on the way to Galilee. Hurrying there. Some were still doubting. When they seen him. Worshipped. You want your worship to be more than a show. You want your worship to be more than words? You must see him. The eyes of your heart. In his word. The love he has for you and me. And when you see your teacher. And you hear him speaking these words of eternal life. With power. Into your soul that is broken. He heals you. He changes us just like he did Mary. From a broken, sorrowful, full of anxiety, lots of doubts and fears. To one who knows she's loved by a Jesus who is alive. And he's never going to die again. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. That's the journey of a lifetime that is glorious. Everything broken in my life, every sin I've ever committed can be fixed 
and changed right there. When I see him, and when I meet with him, and when he speaks to me. Your sins are forgiven you. Enter into my joy. And your joy, my joy, will be made full, Jesus said. Full. There it is. He's offering it to us today again. The joy of the resurrected life. Not only of Jesus, you and me, our inner man, rising up to that resurrection. And instead of being broken and condemned, we're loved and healed and empowered. You shall receive power from on high. And we go talk about it. The courage, the grace to love like we're loved and share it with the world, even if it means I give my life for it. This perishable will then put on the imperishable. And that's the greatest joy you and I can ever experience for all eternity. God bless you. Thank you for coming and worshiping the Lord today. I hope you did. I hope you see Jesus. And if you're here and you haven't worshipped yet, this is your opportunity to see Jesus while you're eating your eggs and pancakes. That's when the disciples seen him again, you know. Peter was broken. You can read about that in John 21, the Gospel of John, chapter 21. Peter had a lot of doubts. Even after this, he went his way fishing. And all of a sudden he sees someone on the seashore. And John goes, I think it's the Lord. And Peter dives in the water. And he's off. And he comes up out of that water. And there's Jesus. You know what Jesus was doing? Someone tell me. What was Jesus doing? Making him breakfast. He knew he was hungry. He had fished all night. He knew. And if you're sitting here and you haven't worshipped yet, don't miss Jesus serving you pancakes and eggs. He'll meet you right there. He'll change you forever. Peter experienced Christ's forgiving, empowering love over breakfast that morning. And he never was the same. And you and I can too. Okay, I think, uh, Anthony, are there any more practical announcements? Okay, carry on. Anthony wasn't in here, and I really wanted to say this, so I guess I'll close. <laughs> Way back when I was younger, yeah, not so long ago. Uh, yeah, a long time ago, depending who's looking at it. Um, there was a sermon I heard by my dad, and I, or not by my dad, but my dad loved this man. His name was Ludlow Walker. I cannot remember the sermon, but I can remember the title because the title said everything. If you go back to, if you go back to Acts chapter 1, and it says, um, While they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why stand you looking into heaven? The title of the sermon was, Stop gazing and get going. 
you've heard all about gazing this morning. Now stop gazing and get going. I don't think there's anything more as far as announcements other than please stay here. And, well, please stay here, yeah. Um, you're welcome to stay here. And I don't know if you can trust Judd and Abe making pancakes, but I, um, I'm sure you will be highly entertained by them making pancakes. Um, but, yes, we hope to have a great time of fellowship. And let's just stand, and uh, we'll ask the blessing upon the meal. And give us a couple minutes, and we should be able to start funneling or having you guys go through. Heavenly Father, thank you so much this morning, Lord, for your love, for your plan of salvation, and Lord, the way that you worked it out perfectly for us. And Lord, we cannot thank you enough for the love that you have given us in our hearts, the Holy Spirit that you have given us to live within us. And Lord, that we may dwell with you every day, even here. And Lord, we look forward to that day where we are risen with you and we live with you forever. Lord, we just ask your blessing upon this afternoon of our fellowship. We ask your blessing upon this food. And Lord, I just pray that as we eat and fellowship together, Lord, Lord, that you would become even more precious to us as we encourage each other. And I pray this in your precious name. Amen.